The readings from Colossians 3, 1 to 16. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with his practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grieves you, whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Thanks, Veronica. So um, I'm going to invite Hannah up and um, I'm going to pray with Hannah. Let me pray with you, Hannah, as we, um, as we come to hear what God's put on your heart. And so, Father, I just thank you for Hannah. Thank you for um, what you've been sowing into her and working in her heart as she's explored this passage um, to, to speak from this morning. And so I just pray that uh, her words would be from you. I pray that our uh, hearts and minds and our understanding would be ready and open to receive from you through what she says this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel pretty special wearing this special mic. I call it Britney Spears' mic and Nick calls it the Madonna mic. It means we've got our hands free and I love that. I love that I can move around. Um, yeah, just touching on from Fiona's testimony last week, I thought this was a really good follow-on passage from what she shared. Um, she spoke about her powerful testimony where she accepted Christ as a saviour and instantly was freed from her drug addiction and went home and never touched drugs again. And then she went on to share how the rest of her life as a believer was then a process, a process of dealing with sins of the past and everything that happened um, leading up to her um, becoming a Christian. And so going on from that, I want to touch a bit more on that from this passage in Colossians and, and show how it is a process our lives when we accept Jesus isn't instantly perfect 
and we do struggle with our sinful nature and all that that brings with it. Um, so I'll just read a little bit more. I'll start again from Colossians 3. I don't know if we can get it up there. Yep, I think that's NIV. I'm just going to read from New Living Translation. So since you have been raised to new life, I love that word raised, so elevated, lifted up, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven. So the word think, it's active, it's a choice. It's not something that comes naturally that we're just going to be thinking of the things of heaven. It's something that we have to choose to do. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So when things are good or bad, you know, be looking heavenward. Have that kingdom perspective. For you die to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Um, I just love that as well, sharing all, all his glory, the future promise of that. When we look heavenward, when we press through with whatever we're going through this life, you know, having that kingdom perspective, having that vision of, wow, we're going to be with Jesus. Actually, our life here is such a small portion of time to eternity in heaven with our Saviour. So when things are going bad, be focused on, on Jesus and that future promise. Can I have Abraham up here as a model for my T-shirt? This is actually a very horrible T-shirt to be putting on, so sorry. But I know it'll fit. Do you want to just put that on? I didn't tell him I was pulling him up here, so... I know, you get picked. If you're here, you'll get picked. Okay, so verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. So put to death, that's a pretty violent sort of a word. It doesn't mean, when we say put to death, doesn't mean we're going to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist, or forget about it, pretend it's not there. We're carrying a lot of this stuff, whether we want to admit it or not. I looked at it and went, oh my goodness, that's... I don't want to think about how many of those things are a problem in my life. So, so put to death <laughs> the sinful earthly things lurking. And lurking, I checked out the word lurking because lurking to me seems like a bit of a, like a creepy word. And it means to be present in a barely discernible state, although still presenting a threat. So present in a barely discernible state, although still presenting a threat. So the sinful earthly things are lurking within you. Whether or not you want to admit it, you've got sin, you're a sinful person, we've got a sinful nature that we constantly have to, have to deal with, we walk through this life with. And we, these are a real struggle for some people on a daily basis. And they're lurking there. They might appear to be dormant, they might appear that they're not actually there anymore. We might think actually sometimes that we've dealt with something and we're like, oh, I'm doing so well, I'm not feeling any um, anger. I'm not having such a good week and then all of a sudden our kids do something that really irritates us and ah, rage comes and then, you know, we're really cranky. It says here, have nothing to do. Again, that word nothing. I'm doing a bit of a word pull out of here because I think there's just such strong words in this passage. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Have nothing to do with it. I think... Often it's like, oh, oh, but, you know, I'm a, I sometimes fail. I sometimes do the wrong thing. So it doesn't matter if I sometimes 
swear or sometimes get cranky or get road rage and scream out my window or, you know, give people the bird. Um, but it says have nothing to do with these things. And I was like so challenged by this passage of scripture. It's not easy. What this is saying is not, not an easy thing to do. But it's saying it's something that we need to deal with every day. Have nothing to do with these things. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. We all, okay, so we all know that it's easy to want more, to look at our life circumstances and think, I want more, I want more money, I want more fame, or I want more recognition in the church, um, I want people to like me, and it's always more, more, more. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is not idolater. Worshipping the things of this world, things of this world, there's so many things, but one thing that came up to me was just material possessions. Don't be greedy. Don't be looking at what your neighbour has and comparing and thinking that's, that's what I want too and I want more. And, you know, because that, be, that might not be the path that God's chosen for you. Your blessings can be so much greater. It's, don't be greedy for the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Okay, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. I read that and thought, oh, you used to do these things. Well, I'm a Christian. I've accepted Jesus, but I still do some of these things. So I was looking at this shirt and I was like, yeah. I tell little white lies sometimes to Trent usually about things I've done. And I'm like, oh, no. And, you know, don't tell him the full truth. I suppose not lie to his face, but I might just not include all the details, which then he sort of interprets my story incorrectly. But that's lying. I get pretty angry. I've got a two and a four-year-old, two and four-year-old boys who at the moment... It's bing, 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 fight, 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 fight. Like probably two hours of the day they play nicely and the rest of the time they're fighting. So then I walk into the room and I'm like, this anger starts to increase and then it ends up turning to a point where if I don't leave the room, I'll go mental. Like I will go into a fit of rage. Um, and I'll confess, dirty language. Sometimes a word will slip out of my mouth, which I think I shouldn't have said that. And then Zion, the two-year-old, will repeat it. And I look at him and I'm like, don't say that word. That's, that's a naughty word. That's, yeah. <laughs> and Trent's like, you need, to, you need to stop using that word. Like, it's not good that they repeat it. Um, so I struggle. I can say, honestly, it's a daily struggle. A lot of these things are a daily struggle for me. But verse 8 says, so verse 7 again. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now, so now, not tomorrow, not 2019 New Year's resolution, because we're already too late to be making a 2018. We're already coming to the end of Jan. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, mal malicious behaviour. So again, anger. Growing up, my dad used to say, Henna, don't let the animal out. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Um, I was probably 11, 12 when, when they started saying, Henna's got an animal inside her, because I'd just, you know, I'd get angry. So I know for a fact that anger has been something that's been very present in my life from a young age and we still laugh about it if, I, if I'm getting a bit angry dad's like don't let the animal out I'm like that's an old joke stop saying that um, malicious behavior um, I checked up the word malice and it says it's the desire to harm others and there was actually in the dictionary a term malicious gossip and I thought that was really interesting because I've never thought of malicious gossip I've just you know used gossip on its own but it makes sense. It's the desire to harm others. So when you're talking about people, you can talk about people with no ill intent. 
But if you're gossiping about someone and it's harming them, then it's malicious gossip. Slander, so put to death, slander. Slander means to make false or damaging statements about someone. And again, I put gossip in this category as well. It's so common um, in church, in, you know, in different friendship circles, to spread rumours about people we know. Um, and we don't really care, when we're talking to someone, we don't really care about what it's doing to that person's reputation. But we're not gutsy enough to go up to the person themselves and say, hey, you know, what you're doing isn't right, or, you know, I, don't, I feel really hurt by what you did. Instead, we'll go up to someone else and say, oh, so-and-so does this, I don't care about anyone else's feelings. And we're not, at all, when we're, sa- when we're saying that and when we're venting and when we're sharing with our friends, we don't actually realise that what we're doing is destroying that person's reputation and tearing their name down. And again, it's something I've been guilty of in the past many times. Okay, and dirty language. So, don't, verse 9, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So we stripped it off. So you can strip off that shirt. We've looked at it long enough. And just kind of, just kind of wrap it in, you know, like the angry at the, at the shirt. <laughs> Rid off that horrid shirt. Okay, and we're putting on our new nature. This one's much more pretty and colourful. I was quite impressed with my artist, artist skills. It's really hard to write on a T-shirt, actually. (laughs) So, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him, as you learn to know your creator. And again, I looked at that and went, learn to know. It's the process, like we talked about before. It's learning to know God is a process and when we're in his word and studying it, we're just learning more and more about him. I read this Colossians... um, segment many many times and every time I read it even this morning I was like oh something else jumped out at me that I hadn't written notes about and I was like this is never ending like every time I'm looking at this passage something new is speaking to me this word of God is life-giving and it changes you if you spend time in it you'll get to know God and his character more and more and you will become more like your creator and I love that so it's like getting to know God more we become more like him So in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilised, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. And that's just a promise that that's for everyone. That's for anyone and everyone we know, everyone in our lives. You know, God loves each and every one of us equally the same. There's no one that's more higher up than anyone else. He sees us all the same. And it doesn't matter what family you were born into. It doesn't matter your past, how horrendous it is. All that matters is that you made a decision to follow Christ and that he lives in you. And your relationship with him is, is all that matters in this. So verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Again, chose. That word jumped out at me. I was like, he chose me. Woohoo! And it's just so good to think, I'm the chosen one. But so is everyone else. <laughs> um, But, you know, like I haven't gone and just picked him. He's picked me. He has this amazing plan for me that actually none of you can fulfil. And that plan that he has for my life is just I've got to be a good steward of that and and then do what he's called me to do. But since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself 
with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And again, I looked at that and I thought, oh, that's beautiful. I just love that. And then I thought, you know, patience. Yeah, I need so much, so much more of that. And I just, those words jumped out at me and I thought, it's true, the closer I'm drawing to Jesus and the more I'm getting to learn to know him and the more I'm choosing to clothe myself, again, a choice, to clothe myself daily with this stuff, um, the more things like mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience will actually flow out of me. Verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. How nice would life be if people were more gracious and we made allowances when others failed? So we point to Nick and say, Nick could have handled that situation differently. Where's Carl? Is Carl here? No. Or, I can't believe Carl didn't have enough popcorn at Babes and Arms. Or, the morning tea was awful. Doesn't Alison know how to make better food? Um... By the way, these three statements are like complete opposite to the truth. That's why I had to mention those. Um, <laughs> it's always enough popcorn and then Alison's the most amazing cook. And Nick doesn't do anything wrong. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, if we made allowances for each other's faults, so instead of going, oh, they made an error, to go make allowance for it and pray for the people, um, and just be like, because honestly, I sit back sometimes and watch how people nitpick um, and say, you know, complain about things. And then I, I feel like turning around and saying, well, why don't you go do it then? Why don't you be a pastor for a week? Or why don't you do the morning tea or whatever? You know, it's, it's so easy to just point the finger and judge. It comes, our sinful nature makes it so that just we're, we're so quick to judge. And so I love this when it says make allowance for each other's faults. I make faults and I can't, and I'm just so grateful for a church family that doesn't come and tell me all the time all the things I do wrong, but they're so gracious, gracious for all my faults. And it says, so make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you, anyone. So again, I looked at that and went, yeah, well, I find it easier to forgive my friends and, you know, my husband and other people in my family because I've got a strong relationship with them and I know I need to forgive them because I need to walk through life with them. But I find it so much harder to sort of forgive and forget things that a random stranger maybe has said about me or somebody that's attacked my name or my reputation because I feel like you don't know me. How can you, you know, um, how can you offend me like that? And it's easy to just hold on to that hurt. Remember, the Lord forgave you so you must, again, it's not a choice, you must forgive others. And the simple truth there is, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. And how much more, you know, have we done wrong and, and Christ just keeps forgiving us, time after time, daily. And he's so gracious with us and he's so merciful and he's so gentle and kind with us. Above all, verse 14, above everything else, everything else we've talked about, clothe yourselves with love. And that's why love is written the biggest in there which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So when you love people and you really love them and you see them, you ask God to give you his eyes to see people, you'll be able to love the not-so-lovable people. He'll give you the love that you ask for. 
Love will conquer all. It'll help you to forgive. It'll help you to practice the other fruits of the spirit that we talked about, like kindness, gentleness, and patience. And I feel like you can't really love others until you know and experience God's love. It's something really transformational when you accept Jesus and, and his love comes into you and that overflow and how you can move out in that. So above all, clothe yourselves with love. Verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ... Again, this is peace that we can't get in the world. This is not peace that we can find when we you know, talk to a counsellor. That's great and everything, but it's not peace that can come from any person. It's peace that comes from Christ. True peace can only come from God. And we sang your good, good father before, and there's a verse that says, peace so unexplainable. And I was just thinking how, if I have to try and describe to you perfect peace and the peace I feel that comes from God, it's so hard to do. I can't even explain it to people. It's just this state of being where you're resting in full confidence that God is you know, working on your behalf and Christ has your back. And he's for you and he's not against you. He's working out all the fine details. You don't need to stress because he's working behind the scenes. And you just have that perfect peace within the storm. And so it says, the peace that comes... And so let the peace that comes from Christ rule. The word rule means to control or have dominion. So let peace rule. Not your emotions, not what you're feeling, but let peace, that perfect peace that comes from Christ, let that rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, one body, you are called to live in peace. Does anybody here not know their calling? It's a big word. I was like, we often pray for a calling, right? Um, well, here it is, your calling. You are called to live in peace. So this is a really good place to start. So we're called to live in peace. Start here. Start practising peace within your home and with those that you do life with. And then the verse goes on to say, and always be thankful. Again, it doesn't say sometimes be thankful um, or be thankful when things are going well. It says always be thankful. And I want to ask today, and this is, these are raw topics, but is it easy to be thankful when you lose a child? Or you lose your job? Or your teenager starts using drugs? Or when your marriage is on the rocks? Or when your finances are tight? Think on that for a second. We're encouraged to always be thankful. It just, just says that in black, straight in God's word, always be thankful. Because I believe that that's the key. There's a key in that. Um, having an attitude of gratitude. To always be thankful for for what you have, what God's given you, for eternal life. I believe that when we do clothe ourselves in love and let peace rule our hearts, we will learn the art of always being thankful as well. They're all intertwined. They're all together. And then verse 16, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So again, that's what we do as a church community, you know. Share your testimony. Share what Christ is doing in your life. Share what you've read in the scriptures that week. Encourage each other. You know, share the wisdom that he's giving you. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. 
Like as we were worshipping this morning, I was just choosing, you know, it, while I was worshipping to be thankful for everything. And it nearly brought me to tears because you start, when you start to look at all the things you can be thankful for, the list is almost endless. You can keep finding things to be thankful for. And then verse 17 says, And whatever you do or say, and again, whatever you do or say, strong words, whatever you do or say, and this isn't easy, takes so much discipline. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And I love that. If I sort of tie it all together, it's like he's chosen me. He's chosen me to be a representative of him. He's chosen you. So in whatever you do or say, question it. Say, is this, is this what Christ would, would do? I remember those bracelets back in the day. They were really cool rubber bracelets that said, WWJD, so what would Jesus do? But I thought they were cool. They were such a good reminder of what would Jesus do? If you are in a hard situation or you reach um, a certain point in your life and you don't know what the next step is, just go, what would Jesus do? First of all, he would have been in contact with the Father. You know, he is. He's with the Father all the time. And we can ask God each day for this stuff. We can choose as we wake up in the morning to clothe ourselves with him, with his grace, with everything he has for us. So I just want to challenge you this morning to ask you a couple of questions to reflect on. How will you choose to clothe yourself today? So where's that other horrid T-shirt? It's all the way over there. That was a good throw. I'll hold that one up. So when you look at these, like what, how will you choose to clothe yourself today? Honestly, I sometimes think that this, is, this feels easier because it means that you just let, you let the flesh reign and you just go, you know, whatever. Like I'm a sinful person, I make mistakes, but Jesus still forgives me. So this, this stuff's probably easier to wear, actually. It feels easier to wear. But it's not. It's, it's a horrible existence and it's a horrible, destructive type of life to live. But I, will you choose today to clothe yourself with the things of God? And I want to ask, what's something that you can actively work on stripping off? So when you do look at this shirt and the words, you know, what is something that pops out to you and go, you know what, that's a real struggle for me. And that's something that I don't really want to openly share about or talk about. It might be a secret scene. It might be a scene that's lurking. And no one sees it, but you know it's there. And you just aren't, aren't dealing with it. So look at that. And I'm not saying that as to try and make anyone feel bad this morning because this, this portion of scripture is very challenging to me. And I know that there's so many things on, on here that I have to be working on. So, um, yeah, did you want to come and play? I just wanted to um, thank you so much, Abraham. I'm just going to pray. Um, I wrote a song which was just scripture and um, I just wanted to pray that over you this morning. Um, just a few different scriptures and then Nick can come up. So neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor the present or the future, or any other power, neither death nor life, can separate you from the love of God. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee? If I go up to the mountains, you are there. If I make my way in the depths, you are there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn or settle on the far side of the sea, even there, even then you are there. Your hand holds me fast. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I am in your midst, a mighty one who will save. I will rejoice over you. I will quiet you by my love. I will exult over you with singing. I'm preparing a place for you. I will come back and take you with me. I want you my presence for all time. God, you are so good and you are for us and not against us. And we ask this morning that you will begin to reveal more of yourself in us and that you would really stir our hearts to study your word and to reflect on your word and to study the scriptures so that we'll learn, be learning in an active process, learning to be more like you, Jesus, so that we can be that perfect representative of you. Thank you that you've chosen us, that you've called us. We're so undeserving, but you see something so great in us. And we are made in your image. A loving creator that has great plans for us. And I just pray for anybody here that's really struggling who look at these shirts and go, that's me, I'm carrying so much baggage, I'm such rubbish. You know what? You can choose today to strip it off and to clothe yourself with Christ. His power from on high. Thank you.